Hello everyone, welcome to Celtic Preacher. Are you wondering or are you in a place where you have to make a decision? Are you wondering about what to do? Are you thinking about which direction should I take? What should I say? Should I move ahead on this or not? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Going to be talking about what Jesus called walking in the spirit or what we might say leading, being led by God. We have capacity to be led by God. That's what the scripture teaches us. It's the idea that we have capacity to listen to God, to get to listen to, a, have a sense of direction or give us some new information or insight. And by the way, this isn't confined to the New Testament. This is found throughout the entire Bible. It's this idea of ordinary people being compelled or impressed upon or led to do or say certain things at certain times. And there are so many stories in the scripture, in the Hebrew Bible, in the New Testament, so many stories of women and men being led to do or say specific things. And some of them are very, very practical things. Like, for example, the Apostle Paul, when he was traveling to specific parts of the country, or he was going to specific countries, um, what we call the missionary journeys, this is after Jesus had died and was resurrected, you know, he would get very strong uh, guidance, really. It was like, no, I don't want you to go there. I want you to go here. I don't want you in North Greece. Um, or I do want you in North Greece. I don't want you to go to Turkey. And there's all sorts of interesting stories in Acts about God stopping him in some way. Now, it doesn't tell us exactly how he's stopped, but he's certainly met with closed doors. You know, you know that sense that when you're trying to move towards something and you're wanting something and you're pursuing something and you keep getting a closed door? Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's not an easy thing, is it? When you're pursuing something and it's like, why is this not working for me? Why can I not get this? Well, there's... There could be many, many reasons for that, of course. But, uh, you know, from the Apostle Paul's perspective, it's like, well, we need to pay attention to that. If we're getting a closed door and we're asking God to show us and guide us and lead us, we need to pay attention to that because that could well be God guiding us. And so as the Apostle Paul and his companions, this is at the beginning of the church as we know it today, as he's traveling throughout different countries and as he meets different people, he's always got his ears open, so to speak, for the leading of God. And God brings all sorts of people into his life and they are, they're led too. They're led to help him, for example, Lydia was one such person who happened to meet Paul and she feels impressed that, you know, I think I want to, 
I believe in this movement. I believe what Paul is talking about, this life-changing way of being and living in the world. I want to support him. She happened to have a lot of money. And uh, she gave him a place to meet. It ended up being a house church. It was like a Kickstarter, like a GoFundMe. And uh, yeah, it's kind of how it all began. But they all had this sense of leading. And Lydia, yeah, she wants to help. She wants to get involved. Perfect match. And there's so many stories. You know, even from if you went to Sunday school when you were a kid, Noah building the ark and Jeremiah being called as a, a spokesman and Esther. Yes, Esther, you're in the right place at the right time. This is meant to be. Or David and Goliath, all of them. Gideon, too many to go. I can't go into all the details of all these men and women. But the point is, is that they were pretty irregular people for the most part. And they had capacity to listen and be guided by God. And that's what I want to talk about this morning or whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. I'm always talking in the morning, so that's why I always say this morning. So I'm suggesting that this idea of God guiding us and God leading us, God giving us direction, insight, creativity, wisdom, understanding, instruction, correction, is as relevant today as it was thousands of years ago. Our job, our spiritual work, is to learn how to listen, and it really is work. It is spiritual work because it, uh, it's not easy. It's not always easy. And there's a lovely example in our text today of Peter, one of Jesus' right-hand men, not listening. And uh, by the way, this is the Peter who ended up being one of the main leaders in the new way of Jesus, the new what we call the church, but in the beginning times, they called it the people of the way. It's like, why are you called the people of the way? Well, because we're, we're walking, we're following in the way of Jesus. Yeah, we like the way that he walked and moved and had a presence in this world and we want to be like him. And so we're people of the way. Anyway, this Peter ends up being one of the main leaders. So he grew, he changed. And, uh, you know, he learned how to rein in his impulsive ways that weren't exactly helpful. And to be fair, you know, it wasn't just Peter that had trouble being impulsive and listening to God. Uh, they, they were all, all the students of Jesus, all the disciples had trouble listening. They all had trouble listening. So if you have trouble with guidance and you have trouble listening, you're in good company because all the disciples had this problem. It's it's a learning curve. It's something that you, it's spiritual work that you learn. And of course, when, I, when I'm talking about being guided by God, I'm not talking about an audible voice. But I'm talking about an inner knowing. 
and uh, a capacity to discern what voice you're listening to, because you're talking to yourself all the time, right? There's all sorts of interesting dialogue going on inside your brain all the time. It's like, uh, do you know what is God and what isn't? Because mm, that would be good to know, right? It would be good to be able to discern the voice that we're listening to. Because just because we tell ourselves something, as we all know, doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. Since we have amazing capacities to rationalize. So anyway, back to Peter. Using Peter as an example of really how not to listen in this particular passage, because such a good one, such a great one. It's kind of funny in a way, I think. Well, I find it funny, but Peter, you know, he's kind of uh, loud at times. He's a loud man. He's a bit inappropriate. He's a foot-in-the-mouth type of person, you know. He's uh, all action and uh, a bit argumentative sometimes and uh, certainly has trouble listening to Jesus. So here's the story. The story is, Mark 9, the story is, actually this is, the setting is, is, is very, very near the end of Jesus' life on earth. Uh, he's only with them three years. Isn't that remarkable? He's only actually been with the disciples for three years. They only get three years of teaching. Yeah, so he's been, the time's almost over. And before he dies, he knows his time is coming to an end. And so he begins to prepare them for this, this awful trauma that's going to happen. And he tells them that things will be tough and that he will be arrested. When he goes to Jerusalem, he will be arrested and he'll suffer. And he's going to end up being killed. And then he has this little tagline here. But on the third day, I'll be raised up. Now, this is the fascinating thing. No one, first of all, nobody knows what that means. On the third day, I'll be raised up. And nobody thinks to ask, what do you mean on the third day, you'll be raised up? No one even asks that when he has this conversation with his disciples, and he's had this conversation two or three times by now. Nobody questions it. What do you mean raised up? Because all they hear is, I'm going to be arrested, and it's dangerous, and there's going to be suffering involved. And as soon as they hear that, they can't really hear anything else. Because all they want to do is stay away from Jerusalem. Look, Jesus, if it's going to be that bad and if there's going to be trouble and if there's going to be suffering, let's just not go. Let's just avoid it. Well, Jesus was never into avoiding anything, right? <laughs> he, was, that's, he does not model avoidance, that's for sure. So six days before this intriguing scene happens he's been trying to prepare them that there's going to be some difficult times ahead and then this this is what happens six days later Peter James and John are on a mountaintop and all of a sudden 
Jesus' physical appearance starts to shimmer. And it's, he starts to, it's like it's, it's absolutely white light before them, a dazzling white light. And it's, I suppose we would say, like a transcendent experience for them all because what they see is they see Jesus, all this dazzling white, and then they see him joined by two long-dead ancient prophets, Elijah and Moses. Now, it's this amazing, sort of frightening experience for them. Now, I'm guessing that when they look back on it, it will be like a high point, you know, because he's, I'm guessing that when they look back on it, it's going to be an affirmation. Yeah, I mean, he's, he really is. God's in control here, you know. I mean, this is just no ordinary man who's walking around giving cool teaching. But when this happens, this we call it the transfiguration, by the way. It's the same word that we use for the metamorphosis and the butterfly in the Greek, the original language. When they see this, I mean, they don't know what it means, but all Peter can think, uh, I mean, he has to do, obviously for Peter, since he's an impulsive person, he has to say something, has to do something. So he blurts out, uh, oh, it, it's, it's really good that we can all be here. How about I put up three tents? Uh, one for you, Jesus, and one for you, Elijah, and one for Moses. And, and let's just stay here. Let's just, let's just be here. I'll, I'll put up the tents and we'll stay. And Mark happens to mention that, the writer. Mark said that he blurts this out, you know, I'll put tents up for y'all, because he's frightened and he doesn't know what to say. He's frightened. He doesn't know what to say. Now, actually, who can blame him? How common are ecstatic experiences? Not. How common are visions or life-changing uh, spiritual encounters. They're not common, right? Spiritual experiences, for most of us, are not common. Glimpses into another realm, another world, another consciousness, they're just not common for most of us, right? And so all I can think is, Peter's like, uh, let's just stay here. I'll, I'll put up some tents for us. Because he doesn't know what to say. doesn't know what to do. And then a voice from the cloud says, and the, obviously this is God's voice, voice from the cloud says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. It's like, look, if you miss everything else about this vision or this experience, if you don't understand it, that's fine. Let me just give you some plain teaching here. What I want you to remember is this. Listen to him. So all you need to know about this vision. Just listen to him. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. He's worth listening to. So it's like, Peter, you can forget the tenting idea. 
And you can, actually, Peter, you can forget your own ideas, period. I want you to listen to him. And if you're going to follow him, Peter, you're going to have to learn how to listen. Otherwise, it's simply going to be life as usual, right? So, and this is, a, this is true for all of us. If we don't learn how to listen, we're just going to carry on doing life as usual. And in Peter's case, since he's an impulsive type of person, the first idea that comes into his head has to be acted upon, right? It's like, no, 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 Peter, no. There's another way to live. There's another way to live. See, Peter's the kind of person that springs into action, right? Now, we're not all like this, but you'll know people that are like this, and maybe you're like this. Peter's the kind of person that likes to do something. It's like, for Peter, it's better to do something than nothing. I can't stand doing nothing. I'd rather just go ahead and say something or do something than just stand back and, and do nothing. That's the kind of person he is. And he's done this on several occasions. Uh, there's an incident with a soldier's ear, let me just say. It was an impulsive act. Won't go into any of the gory details, but let me just say it's uh, impulsive. Certainly not thought through. Bad timing. Uh, he got into arguments. Uh, he's strong-willed. And uh, because he's strong-willed, and because he's not hesitant, uh, he can often say or do things or challenge things that really don't need to be challenged. You know, I mean, he even challenged Jesus several times. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, well, I can understand I'm challenging people, but to challenge Jesus, hmm, I don't know. Now, there's lots of people like Peter. I'm just, this is like a, little mini personality profile here, isn't it? And so I'm saying he's strong, he's, he's forceful, high energy, oftentimes blustery, like a bull in a china shop at his worst. I'm telling you, this is that is at his worst. He's like a bull in a china shop. And what... The, the voice from the cloud said to Peter, listen to him. You've got to start to learn how to listen. This is your spiritual work. Now for Peter, the spiritual work will be to be aware of that impulsive, go ahead action. That's going to be his learning curve. Uh, if you're like Peter in any way at all, I'm sure you would say, yes, I am not always happy when that force takes over and I say and I do things that I regret. After the fact, I think, why in the world did I talk about tense or whatever, right? Why did I say that? Why did, I, why did I do that? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. So if you're anything like Peter at all, you're going, part of your spiritual work is you're going to have to learn to stop before you do anything. That's really, really hard. 
If you've spent 30 years not stopping, 40, 50, 60, whatever, years not stopping, that's going to take some work to start to rein yourself in a bit, isn't it? And just be aware. Oh, maybe this isn't God's way. Maybe if I can stop and create a little space, maybe something else can drop in that's a, a different approach. Yeah. So for Peter, and everybody like Peter, in the light of what I know of God, is this the best course of action? Well, I'm going to have to be able to stop before, before I can assess that. I'm going to have to be able to stop before I can listen to him. Now, by the way, you really need to read the manual or you're going to be at great disadvantage with this business of listening to God. And by the manual, I'm talking about the scripture, of course. Um, well, this, this is, would be a whole talk in and of itself. But the reason the manual's important is, is that uh, you can often just keep telling yourself the same stuff over and over and over again. And there's no new information coming in. There's no new thought coming in because we're habitual creatures, right? And we talk to ourselves the same way and we trip up in the same way and we get depressed for the same reasons and people trigger us in the same way. So the only way that we can change is if we can, first of all, stop and then put ourselves in a position to receive new information. Now, the information that I'm giving you is all from the scripture. It didn't just drop from thin air, right? This is where I'm getting it. So the manual thing is so, so vitally important. Otherwise, like, I don't know what he, like, if, if the scripture says, listen to him, and you say, I have no idea what's in the scripture. I don't even know what Jesus said. I don't even know what he spoke about. Then it's a great disadvantage, right? So, um, but more of the manual for another time, because that's a whole talk in and of itself. But back to Peter. We're not all like Peter, right? Not all of us. Some of us aren't impulsive. Some of us might not be like Peter because we think so much and we analyze so much that we never get to action, right? That can happen too. It's like you might say to yourself, well, you know, I'm really not like Peter. There's no way if I had been on that mountaintop that I would have blurted out, let's make tents. I'd have just been quiet. I would have just kept my mouth shut and I wouldn't have done a thing. I would have just watched. Why? Well, because you're a different person right? You're a different personality. Maybe you're the type of person that, you know, likes to analyze and think things through. You're very logical about things. Um, yeah, nothing necessarily wrong with that unless you can get yourself stuck by thinking so much that it never ever moves into action, right? So in some ways, you can be the opposite. You can have the opposite problem of Peter. Because we're all very, very different. What I'm suggesting is, is that depending on our personality, we all have trip-up areas 
that stop us from listening to God. And part of the spiritual work is figuring out, just by observation, it's not that hard, what is it that that stops you from hearing? Are you overthinking? Or are you impulsive like Peter? Or is fear getting in the way? You know, you're so busy doing your worst case scenario that you can't even hear anything else. So it's just worthwhile. It's a great spiritual practice to just be aware of what is leading us and what we're, who we're listening to, what we're listening to. It's not just about being impulsive. It's more about what stops me from listening to God. Why is it so hard for me to stop? Why is it so hard for me to stop? Well, it's because we're on automatic pilot, right? And we, we get tired and then we don't pay attention and then we just do life as we do it normally, not really thinking, and we can miss God's leading. We can miss all God has for us because, you know, this is what the scripture's saying. You certainly don't have to figure life out all by yourself. You certainly don't have to do that. You have capacity to hear and be led and be guided by God. You have that capacity. Remember what Jesus said? My sheep hear my voice. It's like you're the little sheep. You do have capacity. But the spiritual work, you have to, I have to learn how to stop. I have to learn how to stop so that something new can form in me or be draw, or drop in so that I have a sense of what to do next rather than just be impulsive or keep on overthinking things or keep on being scared all the time, whatever it is that's hindering me. So there's the promise. For those of you who are looking for guidance, you're wondering what to do, you've tried your own ways and it's not working well, and you keep doing the same thing and nothing is getting any better, yeah, well, could it be that you need to just stop and wait for a bit and see or listen to, with your spiritual ears, what is God saying? How is God leading? It's probably going to be different than your normal way of doing things. Probably be highly creative probably be something that you've never even considered because this is the way God is, ever knew, right? Ever knew. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry. We're looking, we're listening, we're available. We want to be led by the Spirit of God.